the Rouge Rugby wishes to extend our condolences to USA rugby legend Kathy Flores. Flores was the first women's captain for the USA, part of the team that won the first Women's Rugby World Cup and became the first woman to be appointed as head coach of a national team. She pioneered the growth of women's rugby in the United States. And though she is gone, her impact will remain in all those she has met and inspired. She will be sorely missed. We would also wish to extend our condolences to the friends, family, and teammates of Brock Marshall, an athlete in the Ontario Blues Junior Arrows Academy, a widely respected youth player for his local Brock Rugby Club. He will be remembered as a fierce competitor and dedicated teammate. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. I'm Stu Hardy and joined this week back from BC, it's Derek Brissett. Derek, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it was a, you know, fun trip. Uh, got to, you know, kind of get away from from everything a little bit. Uh, you know, did uh, checked out my brother's brewery, stayed probably a lot longer than intended at said brewery. Um, enjoyed many of the uh, delicious offerings that R&B Brewing had had there, um, including pizza. Pizza is amazing out there. Right. Um, did a little bit of golfing, did a little bit of just general sightseeing as well. Um, checked out uh, BC Lions game, which was confused me when they threw the ball forward. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's been, been a crazy week. I got back. I edited that podcast that you recorded with uh James, Doug, and Karen, which was awesome. Um, James, I think, gets the prize for the best background we've ever had on. The moment I opened the video and I was like, oh, there's a Stormtrooper helmet and stuff back there. I have this boring, I mean, for the people that are watching a video, I have this boring plain beige wall behind me. I feel like I need to uh, consult James a little bit um, in, getting, uh, in getting a better background. So I edited that and then went to Ottawa for a friend's wedding. So it's been uh it's been quite the uh, the busy little week. Um, I did enjoy what you guys uh what you guys put together last week. It fun uh hearing the firsthand accounts of what it was like at the uh, the rugby rally. Um, I mean, love Archie, amazing. I was so, I'm so psyched about that. I, uh, I I I don't know. I kind of always had a thing for mascots and stuff when I was a kid. Every time I went to a new stadium, I would try to get like the little plush mascot uh, toys and stuff. Um, so that was, you know, I thought that was a lot of fun. I'm glad the arrows are, uh, you know, they got a mascot now. And, um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, some of the discussion that you guys had was super interesting. I liked what you guys were talking about with the, uh, last names on the back of the jerseys and stuff. And I think, you know, looking at some of the guys that got signed across the MLR this week, I mean, like with, you know, Mananu coming back to San Diego, which I'm sure will be something we'll talk about a little bit later, but it's, you know, that seems like the perfect guy that you would want to be able to have kids walking around with a Nanu 12 written on the back of, you know, written on the back of a MLR jersey, uh, you know, and there's obviously uh, great players on every single team. And I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's, a, I think it's a good marketing tool and stuff. And I would like to see uh, MLR kind of dive into that a little bit more. I thought that was kind of a fun thing for you guys to touch on. And 
I'm stoked that you guys love the stadium. So um, I, I can't wait to uh, get out there myself. I've heard the uh, press box might be uh, something to behold too. So uh, kind of excited to get out there. It just made me uh, like, you know, disappointed to, to miss the rugby rally, just uh, some poor timing, but, you know, seeing how hyped everybody else was, it just makes me kind of more excited to uh, get back to the uh, MLR season next year. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, the rugby rally was great. Again, thanks to Karen, Doug, and James for being on the podcast last week. But it's a new week, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. And speaking of uh, recording last week, the day after we record, <laughs> as always, <laughs> big news drops. So we're going to stick with the Toronto Arrows for a bit yeah. because they have made a trade and a transfer, however you want to call it. And a in trade. exchange, trade. we'll use the North American terms. It's a, trade. Yeah. it's a trade. Okay. So they have traded their second round draft pick for 2022 uh, to Nola Gold in exchange for Kyle Bailey, the Gold's captain. So, you know, pretty big name to be bringing back to the North, I think. Um, Absolutely. These are, so he's had three seasons with Nola Gold, he's got 32 caps for Canada so far and just in the last season alone bailey got 39 tackles that's a 92.9 percent tackle completion rate which is amazing uh 163 carry meters on 39 carries 145 rock arrivals 24 line out takes three offloads two tackle breaks two line out steals and that's just that's just eight games too yeah, like because he was he was hurt for the second half of the season, and then a little bit of exactly, uh, yeah. Canada's rugby tour as well kind of got in the way of that. So yeah, well, you know, cr- some pretty uh, pretty great numbers and a bit of limited work. Uh, but yeah, didn't get to hear your thoughts on it last week though because uh, it happened yeah. um, right after it's you know the, the worst yeah, the less worst than twenty four hours. Yeah. No, this is a huge signing. So trade huge trade. Well, I guess this is well it's a trade. Well, yeah. I guess he signed too. He signed on the trade document. So there <laughs> we go. Um, I think it also speaks a lot of what Nola Gold are planning for next year as well, because, you know, they're obviously picking someone else for their captain next season, clearly. Mm. Um, but, you know, as in like. I mean, yeah, Cam Dole in there, right? It's probably uh, not kind of hard. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not uh, that hard. Fine, I suppose he's Eric there. Howard was their captain in the first year too, right? They got captains down there. Yeah, yeah, they rotate them. Um, but you know, I think Carl Bailey will fit in well with um, oh, the sure. Arrowslate. Obviously, um, he's played with them for the Canadian tours that have been going on this year. He's got experience with them, and you know, uh, better connections would just lead yeah. to better connectivity in play as well. Um. And you know, like the question comes up of like, ah, oh, who's um by who's ba- who's Bailey who's Bailey going to be um, paired up with, and who's who's going to be um, alongside? And something that slipped under the radar for me, especially, and we didn't talk about this on the show because yeah, this actually was announced back in September um, on his personal Instagram, yeah. is that Colby Francis has retired from professional mm-hmm. rugby. Um, he's yeah, I don't now think we, bec- did, we did. Did we not talk about that? No, I don't think we did oh, because yeah. I, I'm trying to find like news story like America's rugby. Oh, America's rugby news will mention yeah, he, this. He said he retired on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so Colby, sorry for being so late on uh, <laughs> that story, but um, 
you know, thanks for everything you've done um, in both the Arrows and Canadian jerseys. And we wish you all the best in your new career as well. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So obviously Francis was a guy that played lock in a little bit of back row. Um, so there's holes there. Um, the other thing too is is like Tommy Della Vega is playing in um, Europe right now. So, I mean, that's a little up in the air. So, okay. So we'll kind of look at this trade, kind of break, I guess, break down this trade and why this trade is absolutely awesome. Um, one, like, first of all, the fact that this trade, they announced the trade and they announced what it was for, they announced full details of the trade. That is great. Um, not every team kind of does that in major league rugby yet. Um, some, there's some definitely been some trades that have been made this past season and early in this off season, that'll be like, so-and-so has been traded, um, where we have acquired so-and-so from this team and that's the extent of the announcement so nice to see that we've you know got actual you know concrete hey they, they put out the full trade it's kyle bailey for a second round pick in 2022 now looking at it it's like kyle bailey for a second round pick in 2022 is an absolute steal um obviously you know part of this trade is for bailey for like a little bit of personal reasons and stuff um so you know, even if the the return doesn't seem like it's as high, um, honestly, kind of good on Nola, um, help good on Nola for helping players out and stuff. Um, you can't can't necessarily be mad at that. Um, but you know, Nola's loss, Toronto's gain. You get Kyle Bailey, as you said. Uh, the the guy's going to bring all the intangibles in the world, right? Um, you know, one of those guys that just loves getting stuck in, loves getting dirty. Um, physical player, just an absolute menace. Um, the big thing that I think kind of comes with this is, as I mentioned, it's like Tommy Della Vegas playing in Europe right now. Um, he is, uh, he is as a medical joker, but you know, who knows kind of where that stands. And we actually you... talked about this last week. I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, I listened to it. I listened to it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, like, um, so ba- like, like as you guys said though it's like you're hopeful that he comes back though right i think that was kind of the consensus of the room there um was that you're hopeful that he comes back but who knows but like the big thing is like in the lineout too right it's like della vega was the primary got the target in the lineout right he was the primary jumper right and you know wadden um diana um flesh you know they all got their lineout takes in there as well but the lion's share of them certainly went to, um to della vega's hands so by getting bailey i mean like we've seen what he can do with um team canada right and you know how good he is at the lineout nola has cam dolan so he dolan got a lot of the takes down there too and obviously bailey only played about half the game so there's a there's other guys on Nola that kind of show that they're good in the lineup too, but when Bailey's in, it's him. Right. And, you know, so it's like, you kind of replace, I guess, if, if Della Vega is unable to return, you replace the, um, you replace his, his ability or you replace the lineup, the primary lineup jumper. Right. Um, he calls, you know, he's called the lineups for Canada. I know Jeb Sinclair, um, on the broadcast for some of the Canadian games kept kind of highlighting like how much better the lineup looked, uh, with Bailey in it. Right. So, you know, that's obviously great to see, obviously, as you kind of mentioned, he's been, you know, a stalwart for the Canadian national team, um, which, you know, has a pack that has a lot of arrows players in it. Right. So there's obviously going to be some team cohesion there. 
um, already. So you don't really necessarily have to build up the, uh, you know, the chemistry or, you know, how you guys like to kind of work together. Cause a lot of them have already played with each other. And, you know, so this, I mean, I think for, for every kind of reason here, right. Like, you know, it addresses a need that the team is probably going to have, which, you know, you probably more options in the line out. No, one's ever going to, you know, obviously they also re-signed, uh, Adrian Wadden. So that's, you know, they're locking up some of the guys, uh, the line out options early here. And, you know, so you, you get, you get that back, you get all the intangibles, a guy that's, you know, he's good at the breakdown. Um, you mentioned that he's over 90% on his, in his tackling, right. Which is exactly what you want. So he's, he's good at that. Um, good at the set piece, good, you know, just excellent player across the board. Um, but specifically can also address some of the needs that the Toronto arrows do have. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a brilliant trade. Like I said, the, uh, the second round draft pick is, is a nothing price to give up for a guy like Kyle Bailey. So, you know, that's probably, you know, obviously a couple of big names have been re-signed, um, have been big names have been re-signed and extended, but, you know, picking up Kyle Bailey is easily the, uh, the biggest move of the arrows off season so far. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, as, as far as a trade goes, absolute home run for uh, Mark Winokur and the Toronto Arrows here. Well, you mentioned Adrian Wadden, and he is part of a new collection of players that have been announced for 2022. Um, so Wadden, the uh, mountain from Mississauga, um, in his first season accumulated 225 carry meters on 55 carries, 197 ruck arrivals, 67 tackles with 84.8% completion, 29 line-out takes, five tackle breaks, four offloads, two line-out steals, and that one line break that resulted in his first try for the Arrows Colors. But speaking of tries, it's the top try scorer is back for another season. Gaston Mirez especially after just um, securing Uruguay's uh, place in the next World Cup. Um, you know, Mirez, not only the top try scorer, has the most um, carry meters at 1,751, the most line breaks at 28, and the most offloads for 20. And in that draft was also another new signing uh, from the eastern suburbs in Australia is, um, sorry if I'm probably going to butcher this name, for Lele. Sioni. Lay, as he's known, um, has played for the Brumbies as a prop in uh, 2017 and 2018. And also in 2018 and 2019, he played for Manawatu alongside a player that the Arrows will definitely know, Sam Malcolm. So, you know, different ends of the pitch, but, uh, you know, part of the team. So I think, uh, you know, I think this is, you know, we were talking last year about um, the issues of uh, a prop with the arrows, especially being in Atlanta and the difficulties that came around. So obviously this uh, lay joining the team, I think will address or alleviate a lot of those concerns as well. Yeah. And I mean, he's a loose head too, right? So, I mean, for most of the year last year, um, it was Cole Keith and uh, Pat Lynott on the loose head side. And then Brower was able to come down towards the end of the year. And I mean, you know, if, if Brower, if Brower wants to continue playing and, he comes back or whatever it's it's you know it's obviously depth but uh you know who who knows what his actual playing schedule is going to be like if he does come back right um but yeah like it you know signing Sioni it's a I think it definitely as you kind of said there was a bit of a need for props last year right and I love this much the same way I like the Kyle Bailey trade right it's like 
you're going out and addressing the needs of the team with some of these, you know, these new acquisitions, whether it be through trade or through signings. Right. And, you know, so you can kind of look at the loose head side now. Right. And it's like, you got Sione, you got Keith um, and you got, um, well, I mean, I don't think they've, have they announced if why not has returned or no. I don't um, believe. Yeah, I don't think he's been one of the, have, the guys yeah. that's been announced yet. But either way, like if you're kind of going off that, so if Lineout's back, then, you know, like that, you, you can kind of look at that as your like kind of loose head side, right? Um, and then, you know, I mean, you still got like Roland and Ouellette, um out on out on the um, the tight head options, right? Um, there's so, you know, I mean, like it's, uh, it's a, I think it's a good sign. It's a good pickup um, for the, uh, for the Toronto Arrows. And, you know, I'm uh, I'm kind of excited to see what he what he can do. I'm also, uh, you know, he had uh, I was kind of you know look for some video on him. He has this really funny interview um, when uh, he got signed by the Turbos initially. They're kind of um, introducing him, and he uh, he says that uh, he started his career as an eight man, but then uh, decided he didn't want abs anymore and became a loose head prop. <laughs> so um, definitely ha- seems to have the uh, the personality to fit in on the team. Um, you know, the arrows have always talked, um, about their culture. Um, you know, it's always uh, been a super important thing for the Toronto arrows and, um, you know, it's, you know, kind of cause like the Uruguayan guys were able to, you know, Mirez and Levis initially, they were able to help recruit Diana and Della Vega to an extent. Right. And, you know, they've always kind of talked about, and then Della Vega in turn, you know, it's like, Hey, you can end up with, uh, Montero and Tukalad and, you know, there's a whole lot of these, like, you know, the guys that they're signing are going back to like their old clubs or their teammates and being like, Hey, Toronto's a great place to play. I'm not sure if that happened here, but it, it is interesting that it's like, yeah, Sam Malcolm, one of Sam Malcolm's teammates, you know, and like I said, it's a need for, it's a need for the Toronto arrows. Right. So it's like, you know, maybe it's like, you know, Hey, we, you know, I played with this guy back in, uh, back in New Zealand and uh, we can use them. So hopefully it kind of fits in well. The other two guys, obviously, as we kind of mentioned already, Wadden, um, you know, kind of looks like he, he could be a budding star. Um, you know, he's, he's good at the lineouts. He scored a nice try, as you mentioned. Um, you know, I mean, I think uh, the signing of Kyle Bailey and stuff, the arrows are pretty deep at lock if they're bringing back most of the group that they had last year. Um, obviously, Mason Flesh, they like played in the game. So you're assuming, you know, he's back anyways he's playing and played in the rugby rally and stuff right but um so it's like you know it's gonna be a probably a really deep group there um so i think i think you're probably as you kind of mentioned like who's bailey gonna play with i think i mean early with obviously there's still a lot of names to be announced on the roster so i mean the possibly far too early lineup predictions maybe you're looking at probably looking at bailey cellini and then like wadden maybe flesh kind of fighting for that bench spot um, and then, you know, as you said too, Gaston Mires, he's the, uh, the all time, the club's all time leading try scorer. So, um, that's a guy that you are very excited to see. I believe it was Ignacio Ch- uh, Chans, um, of Uruguay that, you know, he kind of first reported it a couple weeks ago. So I guess mm-hmm. the arrows kind of making it official Yeah. and, um, you know, it's great to have him back. He, Mirez is also one of the funnest guys to like interview uh, post game and stuff. Always good for a nice little sound bite and fun answer, which I always appreciate. So I'm excited to see him back. Uh, can't wait. I'm excited to see him back. I'm excited to, uh, and also like, I'm excited to see what he continues to do with Uruguay. Cause it makes, uh, 
like I think we kind of mentioned a couple episodes ago, it's like, you know, Uruguay has become a really fun team to cheer for just as an Aeros fan, just because, you know, so many yeah. great Aeros players have ended up on there and they're contributing to them. And, you know, it's a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at least uh, we know that one of those teams will be going to uh, the World Cup. Speaking of who World the Arrows Cup, or uh, Uruguay, uh, the well, the Uruguayan players for the Arrows, <laughs> be, yeah. which basically means that Canada's going to the World Cup because they're they're the honorary Canadians. They're, oh, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, yeah. that's the transitive poverty. I I don't make the rules. I just follow yeah. them and enforce. Going to be a lot um, of honorary Canadians at the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Canadians, uh, the big news coming out of Rugby Canada this week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Jack Hanratty has become the Women's Sevens <laughs> team interim head coach. He will be in the role until the end of 2021, which means he will be the head coach for both rounds in Dubai of the yeah. Women's World Series. And in lesser news, um, some Welsh guy called Kingsley Jones has announced a touring party for the men's team test matches. Um, which was announced today. Yes. So this is a long list of, I believe, 30 players that will be heading over to Portugal and Belgium this November to um, play test matches against those uh, nations. Um, let me just get this up. Uh, so we have Isaac Olsen, Matthew Owaru, David Richard, and Brock Webster. They'll be joining from Canada Sevens. Um, if I remember correctly, um, let's get it right. Uh, Dave Richard, Isaac Olson, Matt Owaru, and the Foster DeWitt um, have currently been playing in the Coastal Cup. We'll be talking about the Coastal Cup later as well. So they, so even though they are um, classified as sevens players, they have been playing for the Pride as well. Um, some absentees. Unfortunately, include uh, Matt Tierney, Pat Parfrey, Cooper Coates, Cole Davis, uh, Tyler Ardron, and unlisted, but we thought would be available. Will Kelly isn't in no. the squad either. So, um, and you know, Kingsley Jones um, also released a video answering um, a few questions about this squad, saying that it's uh, young players that they're focusing yeah. on, and you know. And I'll be honest, I think a lot of the Canadian team is um, our young players at the moment. So, you know, like mid-20s or younger. So, you yeah. know, I can see where they're coming from. But uh, speaking of that video, um, yeah. um, Derek, do you want to lead? Yeah, like I honestly, I, I found the the announcement to me, I found like reading it in the video, I found to be pretty frustrating um, reading it, watching it as a Canadian rugby fan. Um, you know, I, it, and it, it's not that it's frustrating. Like I'm not looking at the list of players and being like, you know, looking at the picks, the picks don't bother me kind of perplexed that Will Kelly's name's not there. Um, but, you know, that's the least, I think it's like the least of my worries at this point. Um, but, you know, it's I look at this and I think, you know, we spent so Canada. Right. Stu, correct me if I'm wrong. Canada was eliminated from the World Cup about a couple of weeks ago. Right. That is correct. Yeah. OK, good. Me. All right. So we, so we are aware that that has happened. Yeah. Right. And I think like. Right. So we did that. We had a whole podcast 
talking about the fact that there needs to be a change in culture. There needs to be people's change in positions. There needs to be change in this, change in this, change in this, change in this, you know, change in this and change in everything. Right. They need to play with a different colored ball for all I care. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and I think you kind of go through it and it's like, this was, I think rugby Canada's first since the, the team got eliminated. I think this was Rugby Canada's first moment to be like, here's the sign that we're going to change is coming. Like, we're going to be able to turn this around. And, you know, we'll, you know, eyes on the 2027 World Cup, right? Uh, which could be in the United States. We'll get to that later. But it's like eyes on the 2027 World Cup. It's like, here's the change. Here's how we're going to, you know, change the program. We're going to start getting better, uh, move back up into a place where, you know, we can you know, qualify for the 2027 World Cup, right? Because that's what your that's what the goal is now, right? Focus on the young players, move toward the 2027 World Cup. And, but it's like, you need change to make that happen. And I think the thing that's like really disappointing about the announcement and Jones's video is that I don't see a single sign of change coming or happening in yeah. this right of like anything like any like just like that's what i think part of it is like just do something like you know what yeah. i mean like even if i don't agree with it or i don't like it or whatever on a personal level like do something but it looks like like nothing's happened and i mean like like before even like getting into the video right like there's a, the paragraph which i has a quote from kingsley jones which i don't think is in the video but it's a quote from kingsley jones Right. Where it's like, or it says, you know, it talks about, it's like, we can't wait to get back on the field and pit ourselves against the team ranked in the top 20 in the world. Right. Like, and then it says that should be like that. Why is that a goal? Like, why are you excited about that? Yeah. It's a top 20 team. Like, and then it says like Portugal are currently ranked 19 in the world rankings in the driver's seat to qualify for, you know, the rugby world cup is European too. Like, why, why are you like, is that what you're trying to sell me on as like a Canadian rugby fan right now that we get to play a top 20 team? We should be a top 20 team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, why are you trying to sell me on? Like, I'm supposed to get hyped for a game against Portugal when you got eliminated from the world cup two weeks ago. Like, yeah. I don't, like, it's just, it boggles. I, 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 just, I don't get it. Like, why am I excited about that? Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Like exactly. a top 20 team, like you, you, you were, as we mentioned, you were, you were 11th in the world 10 years ago. Why am I like, I, I, I remember you almost being top 10. Like, why am I getting excited? Yeah. About, you shouldn't be excited about playing. Why are we excited about playing top 20 countries? Right. Like that's, it seems yeah. silly to me. Like, is that what you're trying to sell me on right now? Is that we get yeah. the, the opportunity so, to play Portugal? No disrespect to Portugal, but, um, and then, so that's the first thing. Stu, so you have any thoughts on that before I get into the video? <laughs> well, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. So I had to go through the torture of watching Squidge Rugby's video on how Chile beat how, Canada. Yeah. And he makes a fantastic point of Canada's outdated attacking play, which is, yeah. I, and even though we have... He made a video did, on that like three years ago too. Yeah. But he's had to make a new one because a Chilean player asked for it. But um, the point that I'm making and that Squidge made as well is that Kingsley Jones has 
said that this is the game. This is why so many of us were getting frustrated with the box kick away, because that is a Kingsley Jones tactic. That's not a Rob Howley tactic. And there were a few instances in which they did. I don't care whose tactic it is. It's got to change. Something's got to yeah, change. Yeah, exactly. But and that's, that's the thing. thing, is that Kingsley right. Jones, he has to change. Well, yeah, for yes. Him, like, for him, like, these two him games physically? should be an advertisement to the other nation, the other like tier no. two or tier three nations in world rugby to say, hey, I'm not that terrible. Employ but, me. Because after this year, dude, they have to have a new head coach. They have to have a new head coach two weeks ago. Oh, exactly. Yes. Like, but but as go, in, like, I the whole thing of like planting a seed would have been great 20 years ago. The next best time to plant it is now. Like that's so that's the first level. Second thing, as you kind of alluded to, Stu, there's the Kingsley Jones video. So the first frustrating thing about that is it's Kingsley Jones in the video. Yeah. Which I mean, I've I've met Kingsley Jones a couple of times. I've had nothing but pleasant interactions with him. But yeah, it's it's time to go. Right. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like you need and that's why I think I mean it's like I need. As, as a fan, I think with this squad announcement, I'm like, I wanted to see like a sign that rugby can is changing and moving forward. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you're keeping the head coach, at least right now, at least right now, anyways, for these two games, like I said, it's like the women's team has a, got an interim head coach for two tournaments. You can slap an interim tag on pick, pick a guy, like yeah. just anybody. Right. Howley. Just yeah. just promote him to head. Coach. Oh, either way, either way, change change these. But it's like that's the first frustrating thing, right? Because it's like I think, like every fan has been calling, like want is calling for the coaching change, and it's like it's not, it hasn't happened yet. Does like you said, best time to plant a tree twenty years ago. Next best time now, right? Um, but you know, so it's like I think that's the the initial frustration is is like okay, like you got to make changes, right? And in, in pro sports. You know, whether it's deserved or not in pro sports, when teams are struggling, the first guy to go is always the coach. Yeah. Right. And and obviously also for an international team, it's not like you can trade players either. So it's like you exactly. got to exactly. like that's somebody's got to it's got to go to somebody. Um, But then you get to the context, the content of the video, too, is it's just it's like I felt like as I was watching it, it just got increasingly frustrating watching the video and like okay so he reiterates you know what he reiterates i mean what every coach says i have no problem with this part talking about portugal being a big challenge talking about excited being back you know a chance for you know the boys to get a little redemption you know maybe um which like honestly if they can beat portugal and belgium and maybe end the year on a high note which has obviously been a very difficult year for a lot of the players on the team Right. It's like that, that. That's a good thing. Right. I'm not yeah. taking anything away from that. Like, you know, put your heart and soul into beating Portugal and Belgium right now. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they can turn. Um, so he mentions that, you know, right. He's talking about like the cohesion of the team because it's like a lot of similarities and stuff, which is less like, all right, sure. Um, he mentions that it's like South America have uh, have got their act together. Right. And it's like, you know, all the improvements that South America has made. And I'm just like watching them. I'm like, yeah, that's why you're out of the World Cup. We know we know they got better. Um, But it's like, you know, he kind of mentions like maybe talks a little bit about some of the difficulties of maybe getting some of the European guys to come over. 
um, which I mean, obviously some of the questions that were done here was just in an obvious um, damage control mode from social yeah. media reaction. Um, but then it's like there, there's certain other things though, that it's just like in the man, it's, he kept bringing up the, the first test match against the USA. Like I care that you beat the USA in that game. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I look at that and I'm like that game, the first test against the United States, the first leg is it's, you know, it's the best game that rugby Canada, the men's national team has played in like six years. Yeah. Right. That game was amazing. Everything went like perfectly in that game. Right. Yeah. And I like, I don't want to take anything away from like any of the, the staff or players involved in that. That game was perfect. It was the best game they've played, but it's like, but you know, and he's talking about that, but it's like, you lost the series, right? Like you, you're like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I know you won that game, but you, you lost the series. Like, that's why yeah. you have to make this video. And you're talking about not being in the world cup is because you lost that series. Yeah. Um. Like my, my girlfriend is a diehard Montreal Canadiens fan, which is sometimes a problem because I am a diehard Leaf fan. Right. Yeah. And you know, we, I always, we watch, we watch hockey together and I'll like try to always like kind of banter back and forth with her, you know, the friendly jabs and stuff as you do with all your friends or whatever. Right. And you know, every time we you know what's happening to me right now, Stu, is every time I go to be like, hey, Montreal's 0-5, <laughs> they stink. Haha, <laughs> Josh Anderson can't score anymore. Haha, <laughs> Nick Suzuki's terrible. You know what she says to me every single time I mention that? Haha, <laughs> we beat you in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. You know what I can't come back with? Yeah, but we played really good in game four. Yeah. That's not something I can come back with because who cares? Because you lost. Right. And it's like, yo, he's sitting here and Kingsley Jones to me is sitting here being like, yeah, it's like, yo, we played really well in this game against the United States in the first. Like, I don't care. You lost the series. Yeah. Right. It's like, don't do Like, Why are we set and focus on the fact that we beat the United States for like what? And without ignoring the fact that we're what? One in 15 against them in the last eight years. One yeah. in 16. What is it? One, one. 15 and uh, one tie, right? Something yeah, to that, that effect. A good, well, a good number of years of not. Yeah, it's been, beating. it was eight years. Yeah, you've beaten them once, right? And it's like, so it's like you played, the, you played again, in fairness, the best game Canada's played, but it's like, like, it's like you, and I know that you can play that, but it's like, and I, you can probably play that well, but it's also like you're closer to the team that lost to Chile than you are to that team, you know? And it, it's, it's, you know, one of those things, it's like in, in the video too, he like, he mentions that he was like, the handling errors in that first, again, in the first test against the USA was amazing. Um, according to him, he said there was only one handling error in, in the game. And I'm like, awesome. Again, you lost this. Awesome. That's great. I agree. You played amazing in that first test against the United States. Then you lost the series. And if, we if we're going to be like, yeah, there was one handling error in that game against the United States. That's awesome. Can we talk about the 497 that were made in the next three games? Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't... Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, there's no, yeah. there's nothing that's been changed. And then like, you know, he goes on to talk about the fitness level of the players, which is important. I'm not trying to say that yeah. fitness level is not important, but he's mentioning that it's like on average, like Canada's Bronco scores are better than Wales when they were ranked 
He specifically says when Wales were ranked number one in the world prior to the 2019 World Cup, which I'm assuming is probably some info Rob Howley gave him. But you know what I mean? But it's like he's being like, yeah, "Yeah, the Broncos scores are better. And it's like, awesome. You played Wales earlier this week or earlier this year. Sorry. Right. And it's like, guess like, unfortunately, like as cool as it is that the Broncos scores are great. We're not playing Broncos. We're playing rugby. You know what it like? You know what it's like? There's yeah, Wales. Wales maybe didn't doesn't have better Bronco scores than you, but they beat you by fifty. Yeah, like that's like I care. Like fitness is important, but it's like, is that the aspect that you're trying to sell me on? Is that Eric Howard has a really good Bronco score? Because like, there's a bunch of people that have really good Bronco scores that can do a Bronco that aren't necessarily good at rugby. Right? It's a yeah. it's a fitness test. There's a lot of fit people. It's professional rugby. A lot of teams can do Broncos. Like I don't like. Is that the biggest? Is that the biggest selling point of the men's national team right now, Stu? Is that they're they're good at Broncos? Is that is that what I'm saying? Like that's like watching that video. Is that what I'm supposed to have? Yeah, for for the future. It's a wrong thing to focus on. Yeah, it's in like Mm -hmm. oh, oh, our fitness is great. Cool. Are you fit enough to score tries? Yeah, it's like how like what's because that's the thing, right? It's like like it's like I wish. That video is like, like talk about like, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you don't want to give away game plans, but like, like, what's the plan for like the attack? Like, what's the plan for, you know, the defensive strategy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what what's the actual like, are you like you mentioned? It's like, are you going to keep doing the boxes? Like, are you going to get um, like you said, the switch video being like they're really outdated, right? It's like, are you yeah. going to like do something to the attack to like spice it up like have a guy not run in a straight line like have the ball not just go like 10 12 13 14 yeah right like have like change up something there um i don't know right like i just i just didn't like like that's the thing it's like i think this this whole thing like you know he he ended it with like a little bit of positive thing he mentioned that it's like he would love to see like 100 canadian players in the mlr honestly i think that's that's a good goal to have yeah. that would be nice for rugby Canada for sure. So it's like I don't disagree with everything that was necessarily said in this video, but it's just it's like as as the first thing that rugby Canada put out, or at the very least, the first thing rugby Canada has put out from um, the perspective of the men's 15s team since they got eliminated from the rugby world cup. It's like I found it very frustrating. Just because it's like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I just from like the and it has nothing to do with the player selection, as I said. Like that's a different topic of conversation altogether. But it's just it's like, like, you know, are, are you trying to get me back into like be excited for like because that's what what you have to do, right? As any pro sports team does. Like if you're like you know if you're a bottom feeder team in the NHL or the NBA or the NFL, right? It's like your thing is like you have to sell your fans on like the future, right? Like that's yeah. right. So it's like Kingsley Jones rugby Canada. It's like you got to sell us on the future here, and it's like when everybody's calling for change, it's tough to sell people on the future when it's like everyone wants some to see some change or to see at least a sign of change. Yeah, and then you know, like this, this isn't it. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? mean. Like it's so one, of, so one of the things that they the article also mentions that broadcast details. They're still being finalized with 
Belgium rugby and Portugal rugby. But yeah. I swear to God, if I turn in and it's Canada doing one uh, phase and then box kicking it away, I'm demanding a refund. <laughs> yeah, I I'm mean, sending they... the bill to Rugby Canada and being like, fix it. Um, mm. Anyway, right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about uh, something else out in BC at the moment, the Coastal Cup. Um, yeah. You know, a very uh, interesting uh, set of results this week. I think uh, Pride versus UBC was probably like the big one to talk about. Um, you know, Pride were coming in uh, three for three. Uh, but UBC seemed to be entirely in control throughout that game. It was mm-hmm. uh, 10-3 until like the 79th minute. And then um, Pride were able to get over, score the try, nail the conversion to remain undefeated, but not uh, get uh, all the wins that they wanted. Um, but, you know, incredible effort by UBC. You know, um, you know, Curry Hitchborn is obviously done a fantastic work with those guys told them what to focus on they obviously have uh, this coming week off to uh you know curry i'm sure will be uh, drilling in um what they need to focus on because you know it's going to be an interesting uh way to see how they'll uh, finish out we've only got three weeks left of the coastal cup yeah. as well um the other games that were played uvic um versus 20 western uvic uh 36 to 25 and then uh, Van East, uh, nine to the Vancouver Waves, 16. So the fixtures that are coming up this week are the Pride versus Trinity Western. Then we have the Battle of the Beach, as we have the Tide versus the Wave. And then we also have UVic versus Van East. And you can catch all the uh, games live now, I believe, on their YouTube channel, as well as any of the replays, if you so wish to watch them. Also mentioning that uh, Barmy Beach have won the Fall Marshall Championship, and they defeated the Oshawa Vikings 59-24. to So congratulations to Barmy Beach. Now we're going to take a little trip south of the border, uh, because our friends over at the USA Rugby have announced their official uh, World Cup bid to host either the 2027 or 2031 Men's Rugby World Cup and the 2029 Women's Rugby World Cup. Uh, they've given a long list of 28 potential uh, locations, um, 27 of which are in the United States themselves, and they've also included Vancouver, BC in that listing. Now, obviously, that's nothing set in stone yet. There'll probably be uh, brought down to probably at most like 10 or 12. Um, but, you know, interesting that they have BC and not Toronto. You know, maybe they uh, were th- hoping to have um, BMO Field, but they haven't been able to sort out details with MLSE or um, the city of Toronto. I but mean, you never know. But things change. Plans change. So, well, not nothing set in stone yet. I mean, the bid isn't, has only just been announced. We don't even know if it's going to be successful. Um Speaking of which, World Rugby will announce their decision for the 20, the World Cups from 2025 to 2031. That's two women's and two men's. Are you are you concerned that there's only one Canadian January city on 22. it? I'm not concerned because I think that the United States has the ability to host a Rugby yeah. World Cup entirely on its own. It doesn't oh, for sure. need Canada. It it could offer See, for my, Canada host, my... but I don't believe so. Like what I wonder is like has because I don't believe and I haven't actually looked this up. I'm just kind of thought of it now, but it's like 
has a rugby world cup game ever been played in a country where a team is not in the rugby world cup? No. So the no, home, right? so that's the thing. if Canada if yeah. Canada was selected as host venue, they would have to automatically qualify as host. Yeah, I mean, you're not like yeah, but would they be considered the host though? Would it be a USA World Cup? I don't know. Well, the, like, the like, annoying yeah, thing like, is that the only other nations that have hosted, um, that have been host venues for World Cups that they themselves haven't hosted, yeah. would be nations that have already qualified. So, for example, Wales in uh, yeah. um had uh, games played in England, Scotland, and um, Ireland and France. Yeah, and yeah. then when it was France in 2007, uh, Wales returned the favour. And when England hosted in, two, in 2015, Cardiff again hosted games. Yeah. So, but it's like all those countries are like tier one nations. They are they tier have, one. And no so they've also already qualified. So, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, right. And it's like, and I mean, I know obviously we're hopeful that, you know, this, despite what my rant may have implied in the past 10 minutes of this podcast or whatever, like I'm hopeful that rugby can is going to be able to qualify for the 2027 world cup. And if Kingsley Jones is going to still be the head coach, I hope, you know, he's able to, you know, lead them back to a world cup. If, if that's not going to change, then, you know, whatever, so be it. But it's like, if you're world rugby, like, is this not a concern? Like if it, would you, Right, like if you would have a game like in a country, like I don't know, do you deserve to host well, a World Cup game? If well, you're not I also, in it, right? like, well, this is the thing. I also feel that by 2027 and 2031, yeah. there has been enough development, not only Hopefully, in yeah. North oh, America sure. but other nations, to warrant the expansion. Uh, I think- so go from 20 teams, 24 teams, I think is reasonable mm. enough. But this is the question: is that I and. What's his name? Uh, ben Foden, because Ben Foden was um, asked about this on a rugby pass of yeah. um, the World Cup bid, and he said that he feels that 2027 may be too soon for the USA yeah. to host. And That's fair. I, and I've got to agree with it. if um, the USA gets the World Cup in 2029 as well and 2031 because they want to treat both uh, World Cups on the same level. So that would be things like all oh, the final both would be in an NFL sized stadium. The Women's World Cup would be awesome to have games in Canada. Yes. Again, because I think they, they hosted a while ago. We Canada hosted a while ago, but that would be awesome, especially with how good USA and Canada's women's teams are. That yeah. would I, I'm probably would be more excited for the 2029 World Cup did. Um, so, well, I can tell you, you don't have to worry about qualifying for the 2029 you, World Cup. Link yeah. back. What did you? Uh, what do you make of the uh, the cities that were actually uh, put up? For saying that they're interested in anything, jump out at you or? Uh, well, it's the fact that some uh, cities had to include states and some didn't. So thank you for including that Birmingham was in Alabama. As a place, <laughs> I wouldn't have known that otherwise. Um, but then again, it's well. This is the thing: is like that's a long list, and things plans change. So I'm not like tied to any idea. I still personally believe that the World Cup should open at Soldier Field and it should finish at SoFi Stadium. But again, that's personal mm. choice. That's um, what I think. Um, what if but they then do again, like, uh, if they're going to go in LA though, just because that's where like the Giltinis play. So like, I wonder if they go with the Coliseum. 
I think the Coliseum will be a good choice yeah. as well. well just and, like, and also, yeah. it doesn't so have an gonna, NFL it, team. The funny so thing is, though, worry about that. Right. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe, like, I mean, maybe an NFL team decides to build something new between now and then, too, right? Because, like, the funny thing is, is like right now we're looking at SoFi as a state-of-the-art stadium, but the truth being, by the time it hits 2031, it's going to be a 10-year-old stadium, too, right? That is true. Yeah. So, I mean, but then, granted, I just suggested the Coliseum, which is like a hundred years old. So, yeah. um, but. I think I think you probably I don't know I feel like you probably go I like Soldier Field in Chicago I think that would be a good one I think that'd be a good one for a final too but opener open as well especially well, personally if the I think the that uh, as if the tournament is going to be played between like September and October as yeah. it gets uh, colder as we know because we're on like the East Coast or Eastern Time Zone and it'll be mm. and it's already getting like it's currently eight degrees Celsius mm. at the moment. You maybe you want to end it where it's like nice and warm, the sunsets <laughs> still look pretty. Like for a lot of ah. um, for Yo, a lot that, of uh, foreign fans coming like over, that. they'll be like, "Oh, this is nice." Yo, while the locals be, are in winter coats. That could be like the equalizer, though, man. Let's make the All Blacks play. Like, let's see what's on here. Yeah, let's make the All Blacks play in Boston in November. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, like yeah, why not? All right, like yeah. what's like could be an equalizer or something. Anywhere cold? What's the coldest city on here? Actually, it might be Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Chicago Open. That'd be good, yeah. Yeah. Um, any, anyway, so as, as we said, the bid will be uh, decided on its success in January of 2022 by World Rugby, and we will know four World Cups at that time. So here's hoping that the USA can at least get like, the Women's World Cup and hopefully one of those uh, Men's World Cup dates as well. But speaking of USA rugby, there was a rugby event down in Washington, D.C., the 1874 Cup. And I just want to say uh, the last time Canada faced uh, New Zealand, it was, I believe, 66 nil to uh, New Zealand. And they go, still, could be worse. Uh, the final score the USA 14. New Zealand, 104. Hmm. It is New Zealand's highest score ever against how, USA Rugby. How bad did uh, Perinero want that try at the end of the game? Uh, you know, absolutely. <laughs> that was, he, he had gotten that sword. He had that targeted the yeah. second he came on. As in, like, as soon as the clock's red, I'm getting this down. Yeah, I'm he, getting he, the century. Uh, yeah, per- Perinero, man, he gives it a hundred percent, no matter what the score is. I guess, eh? Yeah, makes it a hundred. Um, Although that said, um, Nate Osberger now goes down as the first American to score a try against the All Blacks. Yeah, that's so congratulations fun. to him. As Ryan Mateus also got a try um, for the USA as well. Um, now, I think that the circumstances surrounding the event have made it worse than it can actually be and by that i mean is that this is a game in which in uh, regular circumstances new zealand would have sent uncapped players maybe you know sam uh, whitelock just to be the captain or so on and so forth however because of covid and travel restrictions especially returning to new zealand that just wasn't logical or reasonable to bring over mm-hmm. a squad of um, uncapped or fewer than five caps players to play against the US. Um, so, because this squad is now going over to Europe and they're going to be playing uh, Wales, uh, Ireland, France, and Italy, I believe, um, over the Autumn Nations series. 
So, you know, they have to, and that's the squad that they have to travel with. Um, so I think that, you know, obviously if you're going up against the best in the world, and this is a team that has already put a century past another tier two nation earlier this year. So it makes sense that they'd be able to do it again. <laughs> um, but I've got to say is that the last time uh, the USA played New Zealand, they only scored two penalties. So to now go and score two tries against a near enough full strength All Blacks team. The moral victory. That is, that is pro- so yeah, I'm finding the silver linings for my uh, American friends. Um, I would say overall the event was a success. You know, 40, 000, nearly 40,000 tickets sold. Um, F45 and um, Adam Gilchrist seem to made a major investment <laughs> in American rugby yeah, as well, beyond a, MLR as well. There's quite um, the F45 logo at the... Uh, absolutely. Well, I'm thinking picture. that... Uh, I'm thinking for like a future event, not necessarily the 1874 Cup, but you could have... You know, I think that it's shown that rugby can sell an NFL, in an NFL stadium. I mean, we've obviously had like the Chicago uh, series oh, yeah. of games, so... That doesn't seem to uh, be the issue. I think it is, however, like the level of talent. Um, you know, I think maybe it could be a case of the event becomes like a double header. So it's the USA versus, say, another tier two nation, uh, maybe another one of the Americas. And mm-hmm. then it can be like a tier one nation in the same way that we had Ireland versus New Zealand in 2016. And that was a fantastic event. To be honest, I think getting Ireland to come over, especially in New England, would always go down well. Like uh, Gillette Stadium, have a game there. I think that will sell lots yeah. of tickets. Um, okay. um, yeah. What do you I'm... make of the What do you make of the matchup? Do you think uh, Do you think it was a success? I mean, from yeah, a like, event point of view, not it from is, a. It is what it is. Uh, the scoreboard is what it is. I mean, the. Uh... You know the number two, currently number two ranked team in the world, the perennial, always considered the best team in the world. You know, there's always the, uh, the you most know, every, dominant team in yeah, sport, most in men's yeah, sport. Exactly. There's, yeah. there's there's a whole lot right there. The uh, you know every every time, no matter how well they're playing, it's like they're always the World Cup favorite or they're the favorite to win every match that they play yeah. in, no matter what their form is like. You know, it's you know the best the best team in the world, like you kind of said. USA squad, not necessarily the strongest Eagle squad that you can actually put out there. Right. I think uh, America's rugby news did like an absentee 15 of all the great American players that weren't on that team. It's the all blacks versus the USA Eagles, right? Like, I mean, I think a lopsided score was expected. Um, Oh, I mean, no matter, no matter what though, I think like, the pride always takes a little bit of a hit when uh, you give up a century mark. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the USA would have wanted a better result than that, but you know, I, I think, like I said, it's like, I saw Artie Savea like sent out a tweet that just said, um, America know how to hold events, man. That was so special to be a part of FedEx and fans take a bow clapping emoji, fire emoji. And he says, at Sky Stadium, sur- surely we can do some stuff to spice up rugby games, concerts before games, local artists perform barbecues on the walk up to the stadium for fans. If only fans, what do you think? And then he does a little fingers crossed emoji thing. Um, 
so I mean, like, I think one, it's like this kind of, I guess that's, that's a really positive thing too. Right. Because, you know, like you said, it's like the, the rugby world cup bid, right. Is like, you know, it's like, it's cool to see like guys like Savea on the all blacks where like the country where, you know, like rugby is King, like the rugby is an integral part of the country's culture. Right. Especially the sporting culture. And it's like, you know, to see him being like, hey, like, you know, the game I just played at a FedEx stadium is better than like the atmosphere at, you know, Sky Stadium in New Zealand. Right. Like where he normally yeah. plays. It's like that's a good sign because it's also like that's a good sign for the USA World Cup bid, too. I think it's like if you have guys like if you have like the All Blacks players are coming to um, America. And they're, you know, they're playing in Washington or they played at Soldier Field before, or, you know, whatever, play in L.A. or any other cities that they may play in in the future. Right. It's like if the, if those guys are having a good time, right, if like New Zealand rugby is coming here and they're having a good time, like in, you know, playing in American cities, playing in front of American crowds at these NFL stadiums and stuff, then like that's probably a good sign for the USA rugby world cup bid, right? Like if other, if the top tier countries are like, yeah, playing in America is awesome. Let's go to yeah. a world cup there. Right. Like that's a, it's a good sign. Right. And uh, you know, this, the, where were 40,000 people at the game? Like that's for a game that really, because of like COVID and stuff was only really, and was probably announced on real short notice and compared to like other events yeah, or like how long ahead of, or like, how much time you would normally give people to buy tickets, the time to buy tickets for this game seemed a lot shorter. Um, obviously we're still, you know, feeling some effects of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic here, but it's, uh, you know, so I, I think ultimately it's positive. The broadcast and stuff all looked really good. Um, you know, New Zealand put together some entertaining tries. Like there's some highlight real ones mixed in there. Um, probably a few too many for uh, Gary gold to care to look at, but you know, it's like I said, it's like it's 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 tough when it's like it is what it is when if you're the Eagles playing the All Blacks, like, you know, what can you really expect out of that? But, you know, like I said, it's always cool to see the Hakka on North American soil. And, you know, if uh, Savea is any indication, if the players are enjoying it, it probably bodes well for like the future. And, you know, it, it's I think, you know, you can kind of see it, too, in the MLR and stuff. It's like I think. Right. No, no, no country in the world does sports better than the USA, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's the pinnacle, no matter what the actual sport is, they do it better than everybody else in the world. So, I mean, it'd be cool to see a rugby world cup there. And it's, it's cool to see guys like Savea kind of also recognizing it. And uh, hopefully, you know, that can kind of, that kind of energy helps get, uh, you know, push through this USA world cup bid. Cause it'd be awesome not just for the United States, but I think it'd probably be awesome for Canadian rugby too. And a lot of Canadian rugby fans is because we've never, it's like, we're we've never had a world cup in that kind of proximity and stuff. Although traveling the world is fun, but well, I've never having, been to having a, a world cup on your time zones. Sure helps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's, and that's the, if, you, thing, right? if you look at like things like the super bowl and see like the yeah. tailgate and stuff for mm. that, then just imagine what it's going to be like. NFL games are amazing. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. NFL games are amazing. Um, and it's like, that's the thing is like, I don't think like few sports, I think do like pageantry to like better than football. Right. Yeah. And it's like, if you get, if you get kind of people that can kind of lend a little bit of that, like football kind of energy and stuff, I think, um, 
I think I think like if guys like Savea are impressed by it, man, like it, you know, hopefully it hopefully it helps. Like that's the biggest thing, right? Like even like for major league rugby, like you said, right? It's you want like those guys that come over from the big countries and stuff, if you want them to have fun and enjoy their time in North America, right? Because then that just you know helps kind of grows grow the profile and everything, right? So all right, so we've got a final bit of uh, rugby news for North America. Um, so as we mentioned before, Foster DeWitt, he's in the um, Canadian squad going over to Europe. Um, he has signed for the New England Free Jacks um, out west in San Diego. A fan favorite and All Blacks legend is returning. Ma Nonu has signed for the 2022 season. So- I think that's going to be huge. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm super excited about this. So the last game I've actually watched live um, was in Vegas. So it was San Diego versus um, the Colorado Raptors. Um, and Never heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, Nanu scored his first MLR try in that game. And I was just kind of like, I've never seen Nanu play live. And watching him live is incredible. And I'm so excited that he's back in Major League Rugby just for another chance to see him live. I hope. Toronto gets a home game against San Diego next year. I think honestly, like, you know, just having Nanu and Rob Shaw, like San Diego is probably like, should be one of those teams that's like, you know, they should be playing. Hopefully they're playing in front of big crowds, like no matter where they go. Cause they got some of those names to like draw people in for sure. Absolutely. Well, speaking of San Diego, uh, can I Naso KK has left San Diego. He is joining Houston. Uh, next year another player that is joining houston but this time is coming from the lions in the urc in south africa is dylan smith he's coming over another departure from san diego is cam clark not going to another mlr team though he is heading back to the uh, he's heading back to australia he's joining the brumbies and john sullivan uh he's joining rugby atl from nola as well so it's not just uh kyle bailey who's uh moving to a different mlr team from nola um but something to mention and this was in the rugby rally post interview with bill webb is that he said mlr will be starting the 2022 season in february with arrows home games to be in april through to june so arrows fans those are the dates that you need to be uh setting aside your weekends to ensure the home games and the home support Uh, i think after um the guys last week were saying that uh it's going to be york lions stadium and it's going to be a fantastic event for you to go to okay we're going to wrap up uh we just want to mention that you can watch the coastal cup on youtube if you want to watch the premiership uh not the urc this week because the urc is on hiatus during the autumn nation series uh so if you want to watch the premiership it'll be on sportsnet and speaking of the autumn nation series now on the website it says that you can watch this on the zone however the zone haven't yet announced the uh schedule of what games they'll be showing so you know we're, we're putting the zone in quotation marks at the moment it may be hopefully it'll be all games it may just be one game and highlights again we're not 100 percent sure but that is where they say Okay, so we're going to end the podcast there. Um, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more of our episode, you can listen 
on Anchor FM or Spotify at The Rouge Rugby. We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at The Rouge Rugby. Uh, Derek, what are your socials if people want to get in touch? Uh, my socials app are set the jet um, across everything. Um, took a little bit of a social media break um, during that vacation, but um, so I, I think I got a couple of messages and stuff that I have to uh, get back to, but um, you know, uh, I'll be back in a uh, kind of active now, especially once this, uh, this episode drops. So, um, look at, uh, yeah, at percept the jet across everything gets it done. And if you want to get in contact with me, it's either Twitter or Instagram going with the handle Hardman, spelled H number four R D M A N. Well, Derek, thank you for joining me again on this podcast and thank you all for listening or watching. And we hope to see you and that you'll join us on the next episode.